Hey, everybody. Welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty barbering and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Every Sunday, we feature brilliant professionals from across the industry offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, we have another brilliant person with us. I'm really excited about this one, a Chicago hometown person. Uh, and um, yeah, we, we have an interesting connection. Maybe we'll have time to get into it. But today, we are here with Aga Tomkin. AKA Aga Tompkins Beauty on Instagram. She is a style and service education director for the Tricochi Salons. I'll just say it out loud. I always struggle with that. And I've known Mario Tricochi for probably 30 years. Um, one of the most iconic salon groups in all of America with 13 locations in Chicagoland. She is a celebrity hairdresser who has toured the world with Carly Rae Jepsen. We'll hear more, a little bit more about that and her journey as a professional. Um, again, I adore her. Welcome to the Mastering Beauty podcast, Aga Tompkins. Hi, Gordon. I'm so excited to be here. Again, this is not our first time doing a podcast, but... It's not. Let's do a very quick version of of, of kind of your... Career, you know, it, it's, it's been a bit, you know, and you've got this, I think, just unique um, kind of lane you've lived in throughout your career, which has is, is adjacent to music. I'll say it that way. And so let's just do the fast overview of of your career from kind of day one to kind of where you are today. So I actually started as a salon owner and uh, this is back in 2008 and I I knew I had to have a, a niche, you know, so it was a rock and roll salon. I had a whole plan how we were going to do hair for bands, music videos, all these fun things. And then we did do that. We did hair for lots of shows. Uh, we got to working with Live Nation and Nation. We got the huge, you know, Roger Waters and the Britney Spears show and like all kinds of great things. Um which was an incredible journey. And, and at some point I decided, I think I want to tour too. You know, I would, these crews come through and decided that working within the music industry was my passion. And I've always loved music and the arts in general. So I ended up just putting the word out there that I want to tour. And Carly had her hit come out in 2012, I believe. And one of my friends from a different tour ended up being her assistant and she needed a hairstylist, makeup artist. And that's how that happened. And then I was with Carly for almost a decade. So, wow. Yeah. And how many times did you go around the world in a decade? Oh my God, too many. I mean, I would do so many miles a year in the air that I, I'm almost sure I was like up in the air more than I was on land, but uh, yeah, I, I went to, like we talked about, I've been to Japan like 15 times down here on every continent, except for Antarctica, which I don't think is <laughs> in this life, maybe in a different life. No, no, <laughs> no. Fun and, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of everything that I've accomplished. And then pandemic happened though, right? And, and kind of, cause you were still kind of in that world and pandemic happened and the entire world changed and you made some decisions and, and you ended up working with a brand. So kind of fast forward to that, because that was a great precursor to what you're doing today. So uh, during that time, the pandemic hit and I was like, I'm really missing being home in general because I did travel so much and getting that taste of being home a little bit was actually nice. I do have a family. So uh, I I started to make decisions that 
you know, maybe I work with a brand. I never really worked with a brand before. I never was tied to anything aside from Carly. And, um, and so I, I really loved Amika and reached out to them. And, uh, during the early days of Amika, I was freelancing with them, doing education, uh, some things within the Sephora side. And then, uh, one day I decided I'm going to go full time and retire touring, which was definitely the hardest decision of my life or one of them. And, and it was bittersweet for sure. And Carly's one of my best friends and, and I don't know, I, 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 I'm really glad she was really supportive. She knew that to be with my family and she has an amazing uh, person on tour with her now that honestly, she's never looked better. So every, everything happens for a reason. And uh, just recently, actually about two, almost two months ago, I had uh, the Tricochi team reach out to me and offer me a role as the style service education director for them. And I couldn't refuse getting back into the salon and working with stylists. It's been incredible. And leaving Amika was so sad. Again, I had to go through that again and, and crying and telling them I'm so sorry because it was just a different opportunity. But um, but yeah, I I feel very lucky. Amika was so good to me and I learned so much. And then yeah, and met the most incredible people. I did Beauty Changes Lives with my friend Julia. We were co-leads on that. And that was just so rewarding. And I, yeah, I'm excited to see where this next journey takes me. And now, you know, so fascinating with where you're at because, you know, Mario, um, who founded those salons a long time ago, was a very close friend of my mentor in, in life, Leo Passage, the founder of Pivot Point. So I've known Mario for decades. And education is his absolute number one passion, I would say, probably right up there with fashion. And he, as, as a culture, they don't mess around when they think about who's going to be overseeing any parts of their education. It's, it's a big deal that you've gotten this job, a huge compliment. Well, thank you. I feel so lucky. And everywhere I go, it feels like somebody's telling my team that they're lucky. And I'm like, no, I'm the lucky one. Because I have to tell you, like, from the day I started, even onboarding, I mean, it was so organized. It is such an organized salon team. And just everything is on point. And the education is such a big focus. And you're right. But um, they're just adding on to that. And my counterpart actually started the same day I did. She's on the color side. And she came from Wella and Pravana and has done incredible things as well. And it's just, her name is uh, Tracy Ramos. And both of us together, it's just like this new, even bigger monster of education. It's really fun. And, and we are under marketing. So it is it is like a new wave of where education and marketing are tied together. So we get to develop uh, digital content and everything. It's just, it all ties together and it's so fun. So best advice anybody has ever given you um, that's helped you in your career anyway, um, that you feel the audience might benefit from? What might that be? Uh, for me, that was knock on every door, which I know is so common of, of, you know, people say that a lot and, and it was the best advice I ever got because I never gave up. So if somebody, you know, if I was like let down and I asked for something and it didn't happen, I moved on and kept knocking. And I think a lot of people 
will try once and then feel either embarrassed or uncomfortable or give up. And I say, knock on every door and you're going to know that out of those doors, maybe one will open out of 10, but, but keep trying and, and put yourself out there. So that's my, that's the best advice I've ever been given. Such good advice. I want to shift gears a little bit in, into um, finance because I think you know money matters to everybody. You know, in every walk of life, it's, you know, it's how we get through life. And of course, we want to grow financially, but it's even more complicated than most of us realize because the life that we live professionally, year after year after year, um, depending on how we live it, depending on how we our money is handled, depending on how our taxes are paid depending on how our social security, which we all have to pay, we're all supposed to pay, but many people in our industry do not. Let's just talk about money and working for an organization with structure and kind of what your take is on some of the differences it offers you for the long haul. So I think in many ways, people don't think about the fact that maybe you're going to want to buy a house someday and you'll need proof of your income that you actually have and things like that. But even social security or or benefits where someday you have a retirement plan, you know, I think a lot of us in this industry are not educated on that. You know, what are you going to do when you're 70? And, and we're not thinking about the future yet, but working under an organization like, let's say, Tricochi, where there's structure and they take all that out of your check and uh, you know, you can get a loan easily. You can, you, you prove your income, but you also make good money. And I, I think that's something in our industry that we need to work on because if you look up our numbers, which I think I heard you say on a podcast, on a podcast once was our industry numbers are real bad. And if we all worked a little harder to prove more of what we make, it, it would benefit us as an industry too. Well, one of the reasons our numbers are so bad is in this industry forever, and it's changed over time. I don't know where we are today on this, but because there is cash money, because there is a lot of self-employment, because there are tips, a lot of folks just, I don't know if it's just historic and cultural perhaps, but they don't declare everything. And I've always said out loud to the entire industry, it's kind of like, you know, I've always worked jobs where I receive a salary. I'm not a, I'm not a commission person of any kind. Um, and I've never not paid every dime of my taxes, everything, and all my social security. And I'm like, I believe everybody needs to. It's an obligation. If you ride on our streets, if you walk down our sidewalks, if you, if you, you know, you know, it's all paid for by taxes, you know, and people can be frustrated by that, but we all need to pay our fair share. But then I think the thing we really forget is, is our retirement. So I have a friend who's, who, who just hit retirement age. Um, I am in that age group and I qualify for almost four times as much social security as that person. And when we talked about it, um, it was mostly because they spent most of their life hiding their income and not declaring it all. And they now have a terrible conundrum because they will never be able to truly retire because they haven't saved money. Their social security is poverty level at best, and they're still doing hair and they're like, I'll probably do hair the rest of my life. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that we need to educate the younger generation of stylists on. And even honestly, like we talked about, a lot of people are coming to Tricochi that have been established. And I think they're starting to realize that too. They're like, this is great because I have that. I still have a chance to catch up and and have something to show for. And and of course, I'm sure there are salons and people that do it right. And oh, yes. Yep. 
it's obviously possible, but a lot of us just don't know how and or don't want to, but there are benefits to doing it the right way. I've only spent, you know, so I've been in the industry for 45 years and, and I've been an employee of some company all but three. And, you know, I'm, I'm a finance major from college a million years ago. I'm, I'm a numbers kind of guy. But in those years, I was self-employed. You, know, you have to pay your quarterly, you have to pay your taxes quarterly. There's a whole bunch of stuff you have to do. And even if you're good at it, it's not easy. You have to remember to do it, number one. You know, so there's all kinds of things. And, and I have to say, I have always enjoyed working with teams and working for a company. Now, I've been lucky enough to, to run several companies, but I still had owners, you know, who were above me in a sense, you know, and um, I, I, I like working in a company. I like working with a team. I like working. So this idea that we should all be owners, I, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of fallacy in that. And, and being an owner is much more risky than being an employee. Absolutely. And I mean, in general, too, when you think about it, like a big corporation covers like a portion of your insurance and things like that. And so you're thinking, oh, I'm not, you know, putting down all my taxes or everything I make, my income, so that I don't have to pay the taxes on it. But sometimes that would balance if you really broke it um, and did the math, or it's like a small, small portion higher. But in the end, when you get that retirement, then it pays out. So either way, or that 401k, the option to have that, those kind of things are much harder to do, like on your own. So and of course, it's not for everybody. And I understand that. But again, not being an owner is not for everybody. Being a booth renter isn't for everybody. And especially if you're straight out of school, I think that's the hardest mistake that most stylists make and then end up leaving the industry is they think that the first thing they're supposed to do is get their own chair. But you need that community and you need that. You need, you learn from each other, watching each other and and obviously, bigger corporations have great education programs. Like with Tricochi, you do not even pay for CE hours ever. Like we cover everything. You are always educated. You don't pay any out-of-pocket for education. You also don't forget to get educated. I mean, I hate to say this, but when you're independent, you know, you live a busy life. You got to take care of your business. You got to take care of your family. You got to take care of your money. You got to take care of marketing. You know, I mean, the list is long. And you have to remember to invest in education and go get it. And sometimes life gets in the way and you just don't get there versus a, a company with structure, whether big or small. It's like, hey, everybody, not only do we have state requirements, but you're going to get some education every year. It's just it's part of how we know we can help you grow. Right. And and also, that's another thing with finances. I guess normally you'd be paying for your own education and here you are that's covering that. So, I mean, if you broke down all the numbers and the data, you would see sometimes you think you're better off. But really, you might actually be making much more and having less of a uh, pain in the butt of people texting you at midnight. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that, that again, you know, is not something typical in well-run salons. You know, there's a lot of chatter online. It's like, you know, bashing clients. They think we work 24-7. I always think, like, who are you and where are you working? Right. You know, because, no, again, it's not it's, it, it, this is, does not happen to most hairdressers, by the way. If this is what you're experiencing, you know, you have more control than you realize. You know, so I, I think that's really important to say. But on the independence thing, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm an observer of the industry. I work with a lot of companies throughout the industry to talk about trends and what we see. And I'm always collecting information. Here's what we know. Here's what we know is that the best careers have always happened over my entire career 
working for kind of corporate salons that have structure. They don't have to be big, but corporate salons that have structure, that have education, that have benefits that, you know, you just see so much stability there. Are they perfect? No, but you know, what is? On the other side of the coin, the rental and independence world, which has been with us for over a hundred years, has never ever stood out statistically as better than traditional salons. The turnover is greater, the income is less. Are there rock stars killing it? Yeah, but, and, and do I believe, you know, independence is a bad thing? No. You know, but you just need to know the facts and the facts are, it's not the best path to longevity in the industry. It's just not. Right. No, I agree. And I mean, coming in the amount of stylists that are so many years, it's, it's amazing. And just not even just stylists, but even just in corporate, cause I'm on, you know, at the headquarters it's wild. I mean, the creative director, his name is John. He's been with the company 45 years yesterday. And I was like, John, this is crazy. Like, how cool is that? And I, I'm working alongside someone like him. Uh, I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing. And he's he's just done it all. And I'm honored. So working next to people like that is really cool. You you learn from them and they learn from you. It's kind of fun because he and I work closely together. And we're both smiling all the time, just like bouncing ideas off each other. And it's it's a great thing. There's so much misunderstanding in the industry. I think it's maybe true of the larger country in many ways. You know, we have all these segments of the industry, right? We have different categories of salons, different sizes of salons that create categories, price point, you know, the value salons versus luxury, rental, you know, business model stuff, suites, you know. And I think just like the rest of life, um, we live in whatever category we live in. We tend to know it pretty well. And then everything else we know kind of half-assed a little bit, you know, we yeah. know a little bit and we, we often hear the bad versus the good. And then we kind of find stereotypes and then we kind of project our thoughts onto it. So as somebody who's new to the corporate salon world, and again, an iconic group of salons, um, 13 in Chicago, what were the surprises? Like, what were the like, ahas? I mean, I know you, because you're from this area, you know, they're an iconic group of salons, right. like, a great reputation. But when you got there, did you go, oh my gosh, like, I wasn't really thinking about this part. Honestly, I was mostly surprised how much money some of the stylists make. I mean, that blew my mind. And of course, the longevity, but also the structure. I think because it's hard to believe that salons can have that much structure sometimes. And they're continually trying to make more structure. So which, you know, by hiring myself and my friend Tracy, like, it's it's never ending and they just want to really better all those stylists lives and careers and even like you mentioned earlier that some of the stylists that have been around around a long time like they they can work less and uh and they can do that like let's say they're having a baby or something you know and and they want to work a little less because their kids are young they allow that they're like yeah go ahead do what you're doing and then come back in it's 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 different than i thought the corporate world would be because when you think of corporate you do think like uh it's gonna be it's not gonna be fun and there's gonna be but yeah it's totally fun everything's great and i'm impressed i've just been impressed continuously and some of the best corporate salons i know you know they just fit right into everything that you've said. And and again, because they have structure and they have systems often, well, I, I can say I, I've actually never heard a hairdresser working for those kind of salons, big and small, because you know, so, so, there are individual salons that have exactly all the things we're talking about um, that tend to be bigger. 
I never heard anybody say, oh, I hate my clients. They call me at midnight. I'm, I'm like, that's, <laughs> it doesn't right. happen. First of all, in those salons, they almost never give you their phone number. No, you don't need my phone number. Call the desk. You know, just make an appointment right. with me. You know? Yeah. Or on, on their apps that we have apps, like they're, you can have whatever you want and it's all taken care of. And then there's the boundaries conversation that's so common today. And I get it. And I feel for those people who are struggling to find a way towards them. But again, knowing this organization with that now and so many other of these kind of salons, I'm like, I've been hearing people with boundaries for 30, 40 years, people who were valuable within an organization, you know, who went to their management and said, hey, we're starting a family. What can we do? And I, I, I mean, it's just it was it's so common for my entire career to hear. Yeah, I went to two days a week. I went three days a week. I took a leave of absence for six months and I was welcome back as soon as as soon as I was ready. It's true. It's it's really cool. And I, I think the spa side is the other thing that really I didn't wrap my head around at uh, Tricochi. It's really cool. So if you want to go have a spa day or get a massage, I know a lot of stylists are uh, uh, in need of, massage, of a massage. I would say that's something that I'm like, man, what was I doing in the industry that I was missing out on this for all these years? Because it is amazing. <laughs> And let's be clear, you know, the spa is a part of the organization. It's, they're, it I don't is. know if all the salons have spas, but spas in all it. of them. Yeah. And they are top-notch spas. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, I I do love that. I love that it is like a one-stop shop. So if somebody wants to spend their, their day there, they can get pampered in every way and nails, all of it. But it's so cool. There's escalators in these <laughs> it's, it's it's wild it's really cool yeah i think that might be a first i i, I don't recall hearing about this salon with an escalator in it I, yeah the one I, at oprah has an escalator <laughs> that, yeah. that, actually I, I have been there but it's probably been many many years but that was i was at the opening of that salon that's how many years really? it's been i was at the grand yeah. opening it's gorgeous i mean it was gorgeous i'm sure it's been yeah, remodeled i mean we're remodeling too so yeah. there's just a lot of new stuff coming but um, but yeah, it's, it's been a great time. I, lo I love all that. The, um, okay. So, um, let's do from you, cause you've had this, you know, really vast experience and, and really, again, unique experience. Um, I don't think, I don't think I know anybody who's had quite the experience you have. And a lot of that comes from that whole celebrity thing. Um, what would your best advice be to someone again, regardless of where they are in their career to have a long and successful and, and satisfying career. Some thoughts. For me, I have to go back to education. Obviously, I mean, it is my department. So of course, but I would say with education, there's inspiration. And I just think that staying ahead of trends and also continuously learning because even down to like perms, I never thought perms would be back. It's like, oh, they're back. There's always like things that come back, but have a little twist or are a little different. And that's all good. Like learning is great. But the inspiration part where you have that human interaction, I, of course, I love digital edu education as well. But I think in-person education is very important because you really take the time out to step out, you know, away from your phone, away from everything that you do every day, which digital education will again be on your phone or um, on your laptop. I think it's really great to get out there and and in person learn. So like shows, beauty shows are a big part of that. Uh, 
I do have to say, I'm really proud. Uh, we are going to have a booth at America's Beauty Show Ooh, in 2024. So you're the first to hear it. But with with shows like America's Beauty Show or Premiere, like all of those places, it's just community and getting out there and learning. So shows are a big deal. I, I was talking to somebody the other day for on one of these episodes, and I, I did the calculation in my head. Of course, I'm older, but I've been to over 500 beauty shows over the course of my career and, and brand events. You know, that's, that's a lot of beauty shows, but I still love them more than anything. There's just so much value in showing up. And I would say, especially to younger people, all the good, fun, shiny stuff and, and some of the best educators you're ever going to want to meet who you can find other opportunities to learn from, they all, they all kind of happen at a beauty show. Yeah, no, I, I would say that I've met some incredible people at the last couple shows too. I got to be on a panel. Mm -hmm. um, thanks to Beautycast Network. Yes, thanks to Beautycast Network. And it was the student power hour. And I, I met a few incredible people. I actually just saw John mostly uh, last week. So it's, it's, it really is a great place uh, to make those connections and meet the people that you see doing the incredible education in person and, and be re-inspired. So get out there for sure. And, and, and take classes. And I want to add to that on, on the education side, you know, that digital education is great. Like I'm a fan, I'm an evangelist, you know, I, I love digital stuff, you know, but it, you can't replace in-person education. Um, and, there's been all kinds of studies around the industry. We learn better with other people. We just do. So if you're going to take, you know, let's say you're going to take four hours of education this month, I would argue that if it was four hours of digital versus four hours of live, to make them equal, you probably need to do eight hours of digital to, to, to learn what you will learn in four hours of real. Absolutely. And actually, just on a recent podcast, somebody mentioned too, but like, um, it's, you can't ask questions in, per, in person, not that you always can, obviously, like if there are, you know, 200 people, but I, I do think like the smaller, more hands-on classes, it's really wonderful that you can in the moment, ask the question you think of. So that's oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, it, it really, really is huge. And I think, um, yeah, don't, don't discount the, the, the huge opportunity that's available to everybody in the industry um, with in-person education. So, so important. All right, we're, we're kind of out of time. I know, we did good. We, I, I was like, we're gonna talk <laughs> seven hours. We, well, we could, we could, we could. so. We will. I, I want to yeah, so say thank you to my friend, Aga Tompkins, for being with us today. Aga Tompkins Beauty over on Instagram, right? Yes. And a great, great friend of, of Beautycast Network. Um, you were on that panel back at last year's ABS. Don't be surprised if we try to drag you in over there again. I'm in. I'm and, in. And we love that you're here to support us. And, and most importantly, supporting us supports young professionals coming into the industry. And, and that's what really, really excites us. Yeah, that excites me too. I love, I love new people coming in. Just knowing that they have so much to learn uh, is really exciting. Yeah, it, it totally is. So thank you. Thank you again to Aga, the Style and Service Education Director for Tricochi Salons. On behalf of, of Beautycast Network, I want to say thank you always you know, to our audience for being here. Um, make sure you follow us over at Beautycast Network. 
beautycastnetwork.com. On Instagram, it's at beautycastnetwork. On Facebook, it is beautycast. And so check us out on all those platforms. And if you like what you heard today, I hope you'll share the episode. Um, That's the best way to pay it forward. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. All that stuff is good. One more time, this is Gordon Miller, host of the Beautycast podcast. I'd be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. Um, We cannot wait to share again with you next time. Oh, 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 oh